according as it is written, when he said that, you know he's quoting from the scriptures. He's actually quoting from the psalmist David, where David said, in a time of trouble, he said, the Lord has delivered my life from death. So he was wondering if he was going to live or not. So as a having great challenge, he said, the Lord has delivered my feet from falling. So he had fallen. And uh, then he said, and the Lord has delivered my eyes from tears. Praise the Lord. He's delivered my life from death. I'm still alive. He delivered my feet from falling. Amen. And he's delivered my eyes from tears. And then he said, I believed and therefore have I spoken. Amen. Everybody say, I believe. And my believer and my speaker must be connected. I believe and I speak. Uh, Dad Hagen said it this way. He said, believing and speaking opens the door to the supernatural. And he said, too many people are looking for the spectacular and they miss the supernatural. Believing and speaking opens the door to the supernatural. So now look at Mark eleven twenty three. Mark eleven twenty three, where Jesus said to have faith in God. And um, Jesus would have to be an expert on the subject of faith, don't you think? So Jesus said to have faith in God. And uh, interesting comment because you can uh, end a lot of conversations with just that one sentence. People are talking about this or that or problems. Have faith in God. Oh, my daddy would always say there is a God and I'm not him. That just meant he was not going to send me any money. <laughs> well, I was in college, you know. My daddy believed in you work. <laughs> you work, you get paid. Uh, you tithe and you give and you'll get a harvest. But I will not be sending you no money. Uh, so you, you work. So I worked at a feedlot chasing cows and the different uh, pens, you know, where they were having an auction. And then I worked for a mechanic. Then I worked at a plastics factory, worked all night long. Then I worked uh, a valet parking at some of the really fanciest, nicest restaurants in Dallas. Valet parking, that's where I made most of my money, was because I'm a nice guy. And my confession was somebody's going to walk out and give me $20. <laughs> Directly somebody that may have had a little too much to drink would come out and give me 20 bucks. And everybody else was getting a quarter. Back in those days, a quarter was considered to be a good tip. And so uh, to have faith in God means that you turn your expectation to God, which number one gives you unlimited expectation. Unlimited. Uh, matter of fact, there's very few people in this world that could afford to be your harvest. But God can, and he can arrange it. Let's try that again. I said, God can afford to be your harvest, and he can arrange it for you. Amen. So when he said to have faith in God, you know other translations say have the faith of God or the God kind of faith. And uh, I was preaching in Athens, Greece, you know, a few years ago and tried to explain to them what the Greek said. <laughs> Y'all do know that's where donuts were first made, was in Greece. <laughs> you know, you just have to work with whatever material you have. It's, So I was preaching to Athens, Greece, and tried to explain to them what the Greek word said. <laughs> they said, we know. So um, actually, uh, could be translated, have the God kind of faith. Have the God kind of faith. Well, if you have the God kind of faith, you'll get the God kind of results. Amen. Having faith in God. Uh, have the God kind of faith. Really, one of my favorite translations says, lay hold on God's faithfulness. 
And so how do you lay hold on God's faithfulness? In other words, you're struggling in your faith or circumstances or doubt. In other words, just, just start talking about God's faithfulness. Amen. And that's really where faith comes from. Hallelujah. Revelation of God's faithfulness. Amen. So after Jesus said to have faith in God, then Jesus tells us in uh, verse 23 exactly how faith works. And the King James Version there, it says, uh, Jesus said, Verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain be removed, be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith will come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. He'll have whatsoever he saith. Now, we all learn from Dad Hagen, and people today kind of act like, well, you know, that's easy to see. But Dad Hagen said he had read the New Testament through 150 times and never saw it. But Jesus pointed it out to him. Jesus pointed out to Dad Hagen that the saying or the speaking part of faith is in Mark 11:23 three times, and the believing part is only in there once. Now, I don't know if you've read the New Testament through 150 times or not. But he said he read it through 150 times, and he never noticed that. So Jesus is personally giving him revelation knowledge. And revelation knowledge is not always something complicated. It's just something you didn't never saw until the Lord pointed out to you. And so he said, did you notice? And then three times, so you've probably seen the picture of Dad Hagen teaching on Mark 11:23. And uh, he holds up three, three fingers and then holds up one. You've seen that picture. I have that picture. And, uh, and when you see him hold up, people took it just while he was teaching, that he uses the saying part three times and the believing part only once. So the Lord told him, you'll have to do three times more teaching on the saying part of faith than you do on the believing part. He said, matter of fact, most of my people are not missing it in the believing department. Most of them are missing it in the saying department. So he said, you'll have to do three times more teaching on the saying part than you do on the believing part or people won't get it. Because right then he had been criticized by some other preachers for they thought he was talking about the saying part too much. And so they started criticizing him. So he said, I was fixing to back down on it. Uh, because some of my elders were criticizing me, but then Jesus, the main elder, spoke up and said, you'll have to actually do it more than you're doing it right now or people will never get it. Are y'all still here? And so Jesus pointed that out to him, and you can imagine the, the, the information turning into revelation when Jesus talks to you. You can see that happen on the road to Emmaus. And on the road to Emmaus, uh, Jesus is walking down the road, disciples walking down the road talking about him, and Jesus joined them. And then Jesus went through all the scriptures and, and showed them himself in the scriptures. And it says later, their heart did burn within them while he taught them and showed them the scriptures. So the difference between information and revelation is your heart gets on fire. Well, the anointing gets involved, your heart, revelation, God talking to you. Come on, Jesus showing you something in the scriptures that you didn't get just from information. So now when Jesus said to have faith in God, we know he had just spoken to the fig tree and the disciples were pretty impressed with that. They're pretty impressed. They said, master, look at that. That's impressive. You didn't kick it, didn't cut it. You just talked to it. And then Jesus comes down to verse 23 and he says, anybody can do that. And he said, it'll not only work on a tree, it'll work on a mountain. <laughs> and so Jesus is basically teaching them what we call the authority of the believer that you don't have to be an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, a pastor, a teacher. Every believer has this kind of authority. But if you don't have revelation of that, then you will not exercise your authority. Sometimes we're so intimidated by the size of the, the mountain 
that we never open the door. In other words, we never say to the mountain because we're like, that situation just looks impossible and unchangeable, so we never do our part. What's our part? To believe and to speak, and that opens the door to the supernatural. So it's really not my job to move the mountain. It's just my job to believe and speak, open the door, and arrange a meeting between God and the mountain. So I just say, my faith is in God. So your faith must be God conscious. <laughs> so that kind of takes the struggle out of it when you're just saying, well, I'm just opening the door, but my confidence is in God. So I say, mountain, I'd like to introduce you to God, and he can take it from here. Amen. From here, I just go, praise God, glory to God, hallelujah. And mountains have to move and tumors have to move and disease has to leave and fear has to go and demons have to run. I'm telling you, when you believe and you speak, the authority that's in your voice, in your voice, say. So again, Dad Hagen said this, and, and uh, I thought he taught on faith so much, I thought he'd run out of sermon material. But I like to say he actually set me free from the fear of repetition. Because I realize uh, how much repetition it takes for people to start acting on the word. Amen. You say. In other words, nobody else can say that for you. You have what you say. So I was just a teenager and Dad Hagen came to my dad's church. Well, my dad and mom had a tremendous fight of faith in that little town, West Columbia, Texas, where I grew up. Only 3,000 people in town. 3,000 people in town. And my dad's church had over 1,000 and then every year grew over 100 new members every year in a town of 3,000 people. And I called him in the 80s. I said, how many people do you have in church on Sunday? He said, well, this Sunday we had 2,400. Well, that's almost everybody in town. <laughs> And so he'd have special Sundays, of course, but uh, man, he believed in reaching every, every age group, every kind of person you can reach, every way you can reach, come on from the radio, all kinds. In other words, we, we didn't come here to rest. We came here to invade. Come on, we came here to take over. Hallelujah. In other words, we want the word to get into every family, come on, the children, the teenagers. And so my dad's very active in doing that. But in the middle of that, my dad, in the beginning, had a heart attack. My mom had a nervous breakdown. Now, when I say nervous breakdown, I'm not talking about she struggled with depression. I'm talking about for two years. My dad said it lasted for two years. For two years, she would hardly even come out of the back bedroom to go to church. She wouldn't get up to cook for the kids. She stayed in the bedroom. Struggle with depression. We found out things that had happened to her as a uh, young lady that all came back to haunt her, and she struggled with that, even though she had been saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. We all still here? I said, she'd been saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, raised in Assembly of God Church. Well, when Dad Hagen came along, and he started teaching on the authority of the believer, well, you do have faith in God. You have the God kind of faith, and you have a measure of the God kind of faith, and you do have the spirit of faith, but a lot of times people won't release their faith. They won't release their faith. So my dad actually went to the back bedroom where my mom was in depression and got her to start speaking the word. Let's go over this again. He got her to start speaking the word. Now, he could say it for her, but he wanted her to say it. Well, in that mentally weakened condition, then my dad would tell her, my mom was named Velma, and he'd say, now, Velma, I want you to say this. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. He'd say, well, say it again. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Say it again. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Say it again. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Right? And then now you've heard me say that her favorite psalm is Psalm 27. And so he'd say, Velma, now let's say Psalm 27. You say, well, I believe it, but Jesus said you have what you say. 
In other words, your faith must be released through words. I like to say it this way. Your mountain needs to hear your voice. Come on, you need to hear your pastor's voice or the minister's voice, but your mountain needs to hear your voice. Amen. So she had started to say, Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Amen. Now, here's a pastor, here's a minister, and many times you can see the devil's not just fighting you because of where you are. He's fighting you because what's going to happen the next 10 years, the next five years. And come on, out of that church, 50 pastors, ministers, missionaries came out of that church in a little town. Well, the fight's on. Come on. My dad was sick. My mom, nervous breakdown. Come on, eyes out playing with my older brother and got my thumb cut off in a bicycle chain. I always tell people it's still gone. There it is. All that means I can only hitchhike that way. <laughs> Little kids, including my grandkids, they come up after search and they say, well, show me your thumb. You know, what happened to your thumb? And I always say, well, I was picking my nose and a booger bit it off. I mean, just <laughs> anything they come up with. <laughs> well, I was one and a half years old when that happened. So sometimes trouble comes in more than just one thing at a time. I said, now, my mom is already in depression. I come in, look, look, mom, no thumb, you know. And um, then my dad's, then they're broke, don't have no money. But I guarantee you, I love what Smith Wigglesworth said. He said, any person can be changed by faith, no matter how they may be fettered. The word fettered means bound. Any person can be changed by faith, no matter how they may be bound. Let's try it one more time. Any person can be changed by faith, no matter how they may be bound. That means the devil cannot make a bondage that your faith cannot break off of you. Man, when you got faith in God, hallelujah. Now, you think about Dad Hagen, the Lord telling him, because he's fixing to back off of the saying part, and the Lord actually told him, you'll have, to, you'll have to crank it up. You'll have to emphasize it more, or people will never get it. They'll never even practice it. So he went back and just kept on teaching Mark eleven twenty three, uh, whosoever shall say, he'll have whatsoever he saith. And when he came to our church, you know, he's teaching on that. And finally, when I was 17, I, I heard him say, if you're not happy with what you have in life, check out what you've been saying. All right, let's try that again. He said, if, you, if you're not happy with what you have in life, check out what you've been saying. Well, I was 17. I wasn't happy. You don't have to wait to be 40 to be unhappy. You don't have to wait to get married to be unhappy. In other words, I was 17 and single unhappy. And he said, if you're not happy with what you have, check out what you've been saying. Because he said, those words, whosoever, to have whatsoever, he saith. In other words, if you're silent, you could actually lose by default. Because faith must have a voice. He said, actually, if you're struggling with doubt, you can school yourself into faith with your own words. All right, let's try it one more time. In other words, you're facing a fight of faith. You school yourself into faith with your own words, your own speaking. Praise the Lord. Now, I mean, Jesus is not really teaching anything complicated here. I said, it's pretty simple, isn't it? He's not teaching anything complicated. He didn't even go into all the Greek words. I mean, if the English ain't working for you, the Greek ain't going to work for you neither. So he, he just said, we have located the problem. It's underneath your nose. Amen. And that's where the answer is too. Amen. That word in your mouth. Amen. So the universe, everything's created from a voice. From a sound, sound came before sight. Many people are wanting a change of scenery, and God's waiting for you to give him a, ch a change of sound. Sound originated, came before sight. God said when he saw. And you're exercising the God kind of faith, and if you'll start saying, then you'll start seeing. Amen. Woo, praise the Lord. Amen. 
Amen. So when Jesus said to have faith in God, have the God kind of faith, lay hold on God's faithfulness, then in verse 23, he tells us exactly how faith works. Praise the Lord. So important that when you get up in the morning, you should look in the mirror, do your mouth exercises, and say, I'm fixing to say a few things right now. Come on, do your mouth exercise. Go on. I'm up and I'm fixing to say a few things right now because I have this authority and I have what I say. Well, you say, well, when people criticize you, yeah, but we just don't have what they say. We have what we, we, have what we say. I have what I say. Amen? Praise the Lord. So let's look at the significance of the say and the speaking part. And while you're in 2 Corinthians 4, y'all still there? Did you go to Mark 11, 23? When he says, have faith in God, this is the authority of the believer. This is, how, this is how faith works. And Jesus, the example he gave was he had, just, he had just spoken to the fig tree, and then he said it'll work on a mountain. He just spoken to the fig tree. The disciples were impressed, and Jesus could have said what? He could have said, that's a deity trick that I learned in heaven, and don't any of you earthlings try it you get it wrong, it'll blow the lips right off your face. In other words, Jesus, Jesus wasn't saying this is exclusively a, a deity, Godhead exercise. He said this actually is the demonstration of the original authority that God gave to Adam. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So when it comes to having faith in God, now I can give you several categories of having faith in God, to live by faith, the just shall live by faith, fighting the good fight of faith, give you several categories. Number one is to have faith in God, faith in God. The other scriptures that specifically say the same thing, uh, Romans 3.25 is to have faith in the blood of Jesus. In other words, the focus of your faith, that means you're believing and you're speaking come from your revelation of what the blood of Jesus has done for you. Praise the Lord. Man, that's a whole nother sermon right there. Isn't it? Your revelation of the word of what the blood of Jesus has done for you, what it does in heaven, what it does in your heart, what it does over the unseen or over devils or demons and the blessing that comes because of faith in the blood. So then you could focus that faith in God, faith in the blood. And then Acts three sixteen. The crippled man, it says that he's leaping and walking. So they explained it this way. The name of Jesus, his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong. And the faith which is by him has given him perfect soundness in the presence of you all. All right, let's try that one more time. Acts 3.16. Then you go to Acts 4.12 where he's saying there's no other name under heaven. So now my faith is focused on what? The name of Jesus that every knee shall bow, every tongue confess, Jesus Christ is Lord. And so Dad Hagen would combine the two. He said, as a Baptist, you know, he said he uh, knew about the name of Jesus, but he came over among the Pentecostals or spirit-filled people, and they seemed to know more about the blood of Jesus. And he said, and they would always say this, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood. In the name of Jesus, I plead the blood. He said, I'd never heard anybody say that before because I was Baptist, came over among spirit-filled people. I went over there because they believed in healing. People got healed. He had been healed. So he said, that had a new dimension. He said, I stayed over there until I slipped into getting filled with the Holy Ghost. But then they would use this terminology in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood. He said, well, I didn't know a lot what they were doing. He said, but uh, I just started doing it. And I got such good results from it. He said, I still do it to this day. Well, now what's he doing? He's combining faith in the blood of Jesus, faith in the name of Jesus. Man, that's like a double knockout punch right there. In the name of Jesus, I plead the blood. Hallelujah. Come on, that means any worry, any anxiety or fear or thoughts coming against you or feelings coming against you, temptation coming against you, sickness or disease coming against you, poverty and lack in your life. In the name of Jesus, I plead the blood. Well, it's not enough to believe that. You're going to have to say it. Amen. 
I said, it's not enough to believe it. You're going to have to say it. Praise the Lord. So now you got faith in God, faith in the blood, faith in the name of Jesus. Now, here's good in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. He says that you would have faith in the power of God. The power of God. He says, so your faith would not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And there he's talking about the demonstration of the Holy Spirit and the power of God. Do you believe in the power of God? All right, let's try that one more time. I was just checking out what church I was at. I said, do you believe in the power of God? Yes. Amen. <laughs> the woman with issue of blood, I guarantee you, she felt the power of virtue came right out of Jesus, went right into her, and she felt that in her body. Jesus felt that power go out of him. She felt it go on the inside of her. And she was instantly healed. Praise the Lord. Amen. Jesus turned around and see who touched him, and, and uh, he saw her that had done this thing. Why? Because you can't make contact with Jesus and your face look normal. So Jesus didn't know exactly who had touched him, but he felt virtue or power go out of him. She felt it go out of him. Amen. God's not opposed to you having feelings. You just put your faith first and the feelings will show up. Amen. Because your faith makes contact with the power of God. So she felt that. Jesus turned about in the crowd. To, and it's one translation says he studied the faces in the crowd to see who made contact with him. You say, well, I thought everybody was around him. Well, they were all, and they were all touching him, but only one made contact. Are y'all still, and that's Jesus. I don't know if we can get any better results than Jesus did, but I mean, you had a, a lot of people there touching him, and only one of them made contact and received the anointing, received the power of God. Same thing in Luke chapter 5. Come on, Luke chapter 5 says Jesus was teaching, and you had doctors of the law. They all knew Greek. They all knew the scriptures, and not an ounce of faith in that place. Oh, y'all still, they had no, no revelation of the scriptures, but they had the information. And Jesus was teaching, and while he was teaching, they're criticizing him. But there's one man had four crazy friends. They took their paralyzed friend. And so they all had, they all had faith because, I mean, the guy could have stayed at the house and said, you know, I'm not going to try that. Then they got there. There's no reservation. You know, the place is filled with people. And so they just said, well, let's go on the roof. You know, the spirit of faith just don't know when to quit. Let's try that again. I said, the spirit of faith just don't know when to quit. Don't even know how to quit. Said, ain't got no quit in me. I mean, I mean, that'd make a good song. You quit too quick. So uh, the spirit of faith. Imagine going all that far and then quitting right at the house. Instead, what they did, went right up on the roof, started tearing a hole in the roof. <laughs> and it said Jesus was teaching. Hallelujah. And it said while he was teaching, the power of God was present to heal them. Did you know just as much power can be present while you're teaching as when people are running? Let's try that one more time. I said, did you know just as much power can be present while somebody's teaching as when you see somebody running? Amen. Nothing wrong with either one. But did you know the power can be present just while he was teaching the power of God's present? Jesus knew it was present. Doctors of the law didn't know nothing. I don't know, they might have had a couple of scientists in there. But, I mean, they didn't know nothing. <laughs> the power of God was present to heal them. In other words, even his critics, Jesus would have healed all of them. Amen. So while he's teaching, they went up on the roof, knocked a hole in the roof. Everybody looked up. And uh, Lillian B. Yeoman says this poor, unlearned, ignorant man, according to their status, almost landed on their reverent heads. <laughs> Some people are just a little too reverent to have any faith. So 
and went up on the top, knocked a hole in the roof, and here he comes down through the hole in the roof, and Jesus said this. What did he say? When he saw their faith. So that means you can hear faith, but you can also see faith. Just faith is when revelation knowledge moves you to invade the sense realm and act like God is still the healer. Amen. You invade the sense realm. Amen. When he saw their faith, so again, here you see faith is a team sport, which led me years ago to say everybody needs at least four crazy friends. Amen. That will believe God. Come on, when your situation looks impossible. When he saw their faith, knock the hole, come on, here he comes down, lands right at Jesus' feet. And when he saw their what? Faith. That's all he's looking for. Let's try this out over. I said that's all he's looking for. He ain't looking for your PhD. He ain't looking to see how cute your tennis shoes are. Come on, he ain't looking to see what kind of donkey you rode up here. He don't care what color your skin is. He don't, he don't care if you got teeth or no tooth or got one tooth, you know. He doesn't care about none of that. He's just looking for faith. The moment he sees faith, boom, the supernatural is opening up right now. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Open that door wide. And when he saw their faith, come on, you, that's, that's why you have leadership lessons in times like this is because faith is a team sport and you better know who to call when it looks like your situation is desperate and you're in a situation where there's paralysis and it looks impossible and you don't know how to get out of it, but you've got four crazy friends. You say, if you can just help me, if you will help me get in his presence, the moment I get in his presence, amen, all it takes is just a couple of words from Jesus and my situation will turn around. That's all I need. Somebody help me knock a hole in the roof. Come on, get through the doubt, get through the unbelief, get through the fear, and get past some dead religion and get right in the presence of Jesus. You saw their faith. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So that would be, in this case, the, 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 the simplest definition of faith is to, to act on the word. Act like the Bible is true. Or as Pastor Max said in one of our meetings, when he was facing some challenges, he said, the Lord said to him, aren't you even going to act like you have a covenant with God? All right, let's try that one. Because David's really the only one that acted like he had a covenant with God. So, so your faith is just acting like the word is true, acting like God is God. How would you act? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Faith in the blood. Faith in the name. Faith in the word. Faith in the power of God. And then Dad Hagen said, faith in the indwelling Holy Spirit. All right, let's try that one more time. He said, instead of just having faith in God, where we say, I have faith in God, like he's the almighty God, off, you know, which he is the almighty God. He said, but yet the spirit of God lives on the inside of you so you could actually exercise faith in the indwelling Holy Spirit. Amen. Come on, you're a lot further along than that guy in Luke chapter 5. All right, let's keep going here. So, so when he comes through, Jesus saw their faith. And listen, <clears throat> the moment he saw their faith, let's just say he was teaching on Luke chapter 4. How many think he might have been teaching on Luke chapter 4? That's one of the sermons he taught on probably everywhere. Because Luke chapter 5, but Luke chapter 4. So he's teaching, and he probably opened up to Isaiah chapter 61 and said what? The spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to preach the gospel, to heal the brokenhearted, set the captives free. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Well, I got some good news for you. You got the same spirit in you. Let's try that. I said, you got the same spirit living on the inside of you. Same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Same spirit of faith. You got the same thing. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen. 
And so when he saw their faith, he went from a doctrinal lesson to a personal word. What was the personal word? He said to the man that paralyzed, your sins are forgiven you. Well, I wonder why he would say that. Well, that might have been how he got paralyzed. But when he said, your sins are forgiven you, if Jesus says you're forgiven, then, then you are forgiven. It don't matter what happened, and it don't matter what anybody else thinks about it. Come on, your faith in the blood of Jesus, and if he says you're forgiven and he cleanses you from all unrighteousness, that's just the way it is. It don't matter how you feel about it and don't matter what anybody else says about it, that you've been forgiven, you've been redeemed, amen. He cleanses you from all sin, and actually you cleanse from all unrighteousness. So if he says you're forgiven, I, I bet that, ha that helped that guy right there when he said your sins are forgiven. Then, come on. So what's what are the people saying? Who in the world can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus said to show you that I have power to forgive sins. Well, that's a pretty good statement, isn't it? To show you I got power to forgive sins, he said to the man that was paralyzed, take up your bed and walk. That means you ought to be able to receive forgiveness and healing in the same breath. I said, you ought to be able to receive forgiveness and healing at the exact same time. And so what happened then? Man, the power of God that was present went right into that guy. Man, I guarantee you, he started shaking his bones from paralysis. He got up and carried his bed out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all believe in the power of God? Do you have any faith in the power of God? Do you even know when the power of God is present? Amen. When the power of God's present, all you got to do is mix faith with that power, whatever you need, whatever you want. Sometimes the glory of God, spirit of God moving, the presence of God fill the atmosphere. When that's happening right then, Dad Hagen would say, just reach up and just take it, whatever you want right now. It's all, the power's here. Come on, the power's here. The anointing's here. The presence of God's here. Whatever you need, just reach up and just take it right now. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, learning something about faith, which is the Bible calls the law of faith, spiritual law. And so, the law of faith, spiritual law, how it operates. So, in my mama's case, my daddy might be preaching or Holy Spirit start moving in a service. You don't know when. You can't plan it. But with that anointing, when the power of God became present or in some cases, somebody would give a message in tongues and someone would interpret it. And my mother would immediately mix faith with that. Did you know God's given you the divine initiative to stir up the gift of God that's in you? All right, let's try that again. Did you know you don't have to wait for God to do something about that? You can actually stir up the gift of God that's in you. Just stir it up. Glory to God. Amen. How many of you ever got any coffee, you know, and you wanted to put some cream in there, but you didn't have a stirrer? Well, that's a problem. I mean, all the stuff down at the bottom. I see people in church all the time. They, they lost their stirrer somewhere because the influence of that cream not getting into everything. You got to stir it up, amen? So you stir up. So my mama was probably number one at just stirring herself up. She just stir herself up. And so whenever the word of God come out and mama had been through all the stuff she had been through, depression and all that shame and all that stuff, well, now we got faith in God. We've got faith in the blood of Jesus. We got faith in the name. Amen. We got faith in the power of God. Praise the Lord. So my mama would just mix faith when that power is present and she'd start to praise the Lord loud. She'd go, hallelujah. Hi. And as soon as she'd say, hallelujah, you say, go on, you might be sitting in the service and think there ain't nothing happening. I imagine that the Pharisees didn't think nothing was happening. Be careful when you don't think anything's happening. 
Come on, because there's somebody going to mix faith with that word and mix faith with the power of God. Somebody's going to do something radical, knock a hole in the roof, not to draw attention to themselves, but so they can receive what God has for them. So my mom would go, hallelujah, hallelujah. And she would well, hallelujah, hallelujah. And then, then you knew, you know. How many ever heard? How many ever heard a, a, a preacher say, "Oh, hold! I, I need to finish this sermon." Did you know in the Book of Acts there's a lot of sermons they never finished? Did you know some of your sermons actually should not be finished? We've heard them. I'm just telling. You. In other words, it says in Acts chapter 10, verse 44, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell, just interrupted his whole sermon, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them that heard the word, amen, and the Holy Ghost came fall without you knowing, the Holy Ghost just fell, amen, and so the Holy Ghost fell while Peter was speaking these words, and he never finished his sermon. So the Lord told me one time, he said, the Holy Ghost never falls while you're preaching, he just don't like what you're saying. How many know everybody thinks they're going to have to sing the anointing in? Did you know you can teach the anointing in, the glory of God? Did you know you can preach the anointing in? Once it comes in, all it takes is one person to mix faith with that anointing. One person to mix faith with the power of God. So my mama was what I call the first responder. Man, she stirs herself up. I'm exercising my faith right now. Faith is an act. I'm exercising my faith right now that Jesus Christ has made me whole. He has made me strong. And the plan and purpose of God will be fulfilled in my life and in my children and in my family. Amen. In my health, in my finances. And she boom, she'd say, hallelujah, hallelujah. Whoa, she'd shout like that. And then she'd take off and run around the church. Well, didn't happen every Sunday, but you never could tell when it was going to happen. And she'd shout, run around the church. So one Sunday, a friend of mine accidentally came to church. I did not invite him. I don't know why he came to church. From my high school, I was about 17. And he, he came, showed up in church. I said, what are you doing here? He said, well, you know, I just wanted to come to church with you. So I said, well, let me explain to you, this is not a normal church. I said, but don't get upset. I'll explain it all to you after it's over. So we were sitting there. Sure enough, they start praising the Lord. And I heard my mama, you know, praising the Lord. I'm like, oh, Lord. <laughs> and then a woman in the church named Sister Evans, she gave a message of the tongues. Sister Evans had false teeth. So while she would give a message of tongues, her teeth would click and clack together. So that if you didn't have the interpretation, if you knew Morse code, you could kind of figure out what the Holy Ghost was saying. True, her teeth would click and clack together. And then my daddy or somebody would interpret that word. All right, let's try that one more time. Come on. Why in the world would you even want to have tongues and interpretation if you didn't believe it was God talking to you? But if you believe it's God talking to you, all it takes is somebody to mix faith with that word. Boy, and that word come out, whatever it was, the Lord turned your captivity or something like that. My mom would go, hallelujah, take off running around the church. Well, if that was the end of it, It wouldn't have been too bad, just one woman running around the church. But that's never the end of it. Because one person that releases their faith. Let's try this one more time. I said one person that will release their faith. Come on, now faith is one person that will release their faith. Come on, it ain't tomorrow. We ain't thinking about yesterday. I'm declaring right now, right now, right here, the power of God's working in my situation. I believe God. And my mama take off, run, run. Just take a little run around the church. Come on, he's the almighty God. He's my God. She run. run. <laughs> 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 Woo. Well, after mama would take a run, Mama, take a run. She did that until she went to be with the Lord, probably doing it in heaven every day. He'd take off running. 
Well, then there's Sister Houston in the church. Come on, she'd go to the Baptist church, but after it was over, she'd come over to our church because the Baptist church was so dry and dead. So she'd come over to our church, get on the end of it. And so while mom would run, then Sister Houston would just yield to the Holy Spirit and get filled with the Holy Spirit. She'd just mix faith with that, just yield. And she'd get so full of joy, she'd not only pray in the Holy Ghost, but she'd start to laugh and then stagger around the church like she was intoxicated. Well, she was the richest woman in town, man. She's got the best dresses, the finest jewelry, the finest car, and she's staggering around, drunk in the Holy Ghost. So mama's running, there goes Sister Houston. This is better than TV back in those days. You, I mean, you couldn't, even, you couldn't even have a TV, you know. We had to go to the deacon's house to watch TV. So we couldn't have, preacher can't have no TV. So mama's running, Sister Houston drunk. She's just drunk on the Holy Ghost. And if, and if you knew her husband, you'd know why she needed to get drunk. <laughs> Did you know one Holy Ghost drunk? One Holy Ghost meeting where you get full of joy. When we were just in Farmington, New Mexico, and the pastor's wife there, um, Barbara, and, and, you know, George Ford uh, with the Navajo tribe there, well, he had just gone to be with the Lord just a few months ago. So, man, she's struggling. She's kind of stepping up and her son to pastor the church and things going on and then missing her husband and, you know, just struggling. But the Holy Ghost hit on Sunday night. Man, I'm telling you, well, it looked like a bunch of Navajo Indians. We were on the war path, man, I'm telling you. <laughs> Man, we started running and shouting, and they got so full of joy. And then the Holy Ghost ministered to her. We laid hands on her, and she was out for two hours. Amen. You talking about cleaning your slate. You know how your jet does? You talking about cleaning your slate? You get full of the Holy Ghost and full of joy, and whatever it was you were dealing with, it'll totally clean your slate. Whatever was nagging you, whatever was harassing you, every little devil that was messing with you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So leaders have to have those times come on in the glory and the presence of God. Woo, where you are free and the liberty that comes to your life. So you're free from the fear of man, the fear of failure, and who likes you, who don't like you. Come on, whether you're going to meet a budget or you ain't going to meet a budget, you're so free from that. You say, man, God's bigger than all that. I have faith in God. I mix faith right now in the power of God. The greater one let just take off. And mama would start running, and Sister Houston would get drunk in the Holy Ghost. Well, Dad Hagen, he would, he would shout and kick a leg, and then sometimes he would run, and sometimes he would dance. Then he said, there's a blessing you receive when you dance and rejoice, right? There's a blessing you receive. He said, you can't get it any other way. Are y'all still here? Besides that, your children need to see you getting happy. Because they, they may not even want to serve the Lord if they're looking at you. Come on. Your children, come on. Your grandchildren, come on. Need to see the culture that you're raised up in, man. You believe in the power of God. You have faith, glory to God, that God's power is working in your situation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, by faith, I, I receive it now. Come on. I'm slinging blood everywhere. <laughs> Woo! Come on, shout glory! Woo! I believe. I receive. Hallelujah! Woo! Glory! Woo! Ha ha ha! Glory to God! <laughs> Come on. Hallelujah. Why are you praising? Why are you dancing? <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> All right, now listen. 
This is what the Holy Ghost said to me in a meeting like this. He said, while you're rejoicing here, something is happening back at your house. Come on, right at the point of whatever your need is, while you're rejoicing here, something is happening in your kidneys, in your liver, in your heart, in your blood pressure, come on, in your body, while you're praising and yielding to the Holy Ghost. <laughs> hey! Woo, my God is an awesome God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe. Woo! Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on, lift your voice. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. I believe, I receive faith in God. Woo! Lord, I believe. Ha, ha, ha. Glory to God. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> glory, glory, glory. Redeemed, ha, 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 by the blood. In the name of Jesus, ha, ha, ha. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. Come on, over your mind, over your body, over your children, over your grandchildren. In the name of Jesus, I plead the blood. I plead the blood. Come on, have faith in the blood of Jesus. Woo, eternal redemption through his blood. Wow, hallelujah, eternal redemption through his blood. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Glory to God, free indeed. Woo, free indeed. Jesus set me free. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Woo. Come on, how would you act if you already had the thing you're believing for, man? I start praising. I start rejoicing. Thank you, Lord. Come on, I release my faith right now. God is working in my situation. Glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> I believe I receive. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Woo! <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Mix faith, mix faith with the power of God. Mix faith. Come on with the Holy Ghost. Mix faith with the anointing. Mix faith. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on, I believe. I have faith in God. I believe and I say, hallelujah. Glory to God. Mountains removed. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Woo! Come on, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. 
Come on, I do not lack for ability. I do not lack for opportunity. I never lack for money. I'm a tither. I'm a giver. I never lack for money. Ha, ha, ha. The money will come. Woo, the money will come. Praise the Lord. Glory. Glory. Jesus said, if you'll believe, you'll see the glory of God. Come on, we're not just hanging around. We're expecting the glory. We're expecting the glory of God. I believe. Hallelujah. We will experience the glory of God in the name of Jesus for perfect soundness in your body. Every cell in your body, from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, in the name of Jesus, perfect soundness to undo all that Satan has done and to cause a healing and a cure in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I plead the blood. In the name of Jesus. I'm redeemed by the blood. I'm blessed because of the blood. I'm healed because of the blood. In the name of Jesus, I plead the blood right now. Everybody say, right now, right now. Woo! The power of God, the anointing working right now. Come on in your body, in your mind, every cell in your body, quickening your body now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lift your hands up and thank him for it. Lord, we thank you. Perfect soundness. In the name of Jesus. Makes me strong. My body's strong. My mind is strong. My spirit is strong. I'm strong in the Lord. The power of his might. I'm strong in the Lord. Thank you, Lord, your anointing in your name. Strength in my body, my bones, in my legs. Come on now, every part of your body. The power of the name of Jesus. Woo, praise God. Praise God. Glory to God. Perfect soundness. In the name of Jesus. Perfect soundness in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. That Jesus said, not only will the mountain be removed, but he said, it will never come back. He said, not only will the mountain be removed, there'll be no evidence you ever had that situation in your body. No evidence. No evidence. You'll have to tell people what the Lord has done for you because they'll, they'll look at you and say, well, you never had. You say, oh, yeah, let me tell you what happened a few years ago. But Jesus brought me out. My God is a faithful God. He redeemed my life from destruction. He forgives all of my iniquities and he heals all of my diseases. Ha, ha, ha. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So my mom had run around the church. Then Sidney Smith, he had been a fighter, you know, in town, had a bar there before he got saved. So many people got saved just through that one man's influence. And um, he was never anyone that would try to draw attention to himself. I mean, he, you know, he'd sit there and he'd been a really rough guy. But when my mama would run, and then Sister Houston would get drunk in the Holy Ghost, you could tell that anointing. And he's about ready to explode. And he'd be sitting in the center aisle there and had wooden floors. And he couldn't take it no more. He'd come out of that, come out of that aisle. He would start to dance, man. It's just dancing and stomping. Come on, who's that guy that sings that song? Make you want to stomp, you know what I mean? What's it like Kirk Franklin? If, if I could get that on my phone, I'd play it for you right now. Make you want to stomp. The devil's under your feet. You might as well stomp. Hallelujah. He said, he's under your feet. You might as well stomp. So Sidney Smith, he'd start to stomp like that. And he'd, he'd just stomp. You said, what? Well, that's a demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Ha, ha, ha. Amen. Ha, ha. I went out fishing with my dad and 
He's talking. I know he's releasing his faith. He said, you know, somebody's going to give me a million dollars. Well, I'm, I'm like, that would be a miracle, Dad, because it's a little town here. And, well, I haven't even located anybody that has a million. My daddy just kept saying, you know, somebody's going to give me a million dollars. Sure enough, in comes a cowboy, blue jeans, cowboy boots, snap shirt. Came in, married one of the girls in the church. God blessed him. He brought my daddy $1.2 million. Imagine what the local bank did when the little church that's got the Holy Ghost got $1.2 million. Ha, 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 ha. You know what happened the next year? He came back and gave him another million. Ha, 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 ha. If I was you, I'd start saying something. If I was you, I'd start saying something. I said, I'd start saying something if I was you. Come on. Somebody's going to give me a million dollars. Ha, 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 ha. We're on the way. We've gotten up there close, but somebody's going to give me one million dollars. Amen. We've had people that have given us a million dollars over time, more than a million actually, over time, but somebody's going to just give me a million dollars all at once. And I know sometimes people that look around and say, well, well, don't look at me. Well, believe me, I'm not. You say what? My faith is in God. Any of y'all have faith in God? Well, you ought to say something then. If you have any faith in God, you ought to say something. You got any faith in God? Say something. Say something. 